What's up, you guys? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Rap Nerds, presented by the Music Support Group. This is Kurt, a.k.a. Leroy Green III, all the way out here in L.A. I got my man, uh, Darren, back in Atlanta, trying to stay COVID-free. What's up, dog? Trying to be, man. What's going on? Pointing out guru. Uh, yeah, man. It's, it's Even though Atlanta doesn't, they act like it doesn't exist out here. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was all seriousness. Like, it really, it makes me feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah, man. We got a special we, guest we on know. the pod. Um, my man, Kevin, my brother, Kevin. Kevin Golden. What's up? What's up? How you doing, brother? How you doing? How you holding up? What's going on, man? Congrat- wonderful. Congratulations well. on number three, um, baby number three yeah. on the way. Um, yeah, also, congratulations on the, the the new album, your brother's new album. I know you helped produce, yes. helped executive produce that as well. And play, I'm sure you played on it as well. We'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah, played, produced, EP, all that. So Yeah, man. So congratulations yes. on that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, then we, so I can't wait. We're gonna get to, we're gonna get into more of that album, but um, I think uh, before we get into any other fun stuff, we're gonna get we're gonna shout out people out real quick. You know, let everyone know what they got going on. So we got music support group member uh, Kirsten Williams. She out there uh, out here in, in Atlanta. Um, she is a professional. I think it's like her first professional um, performance. Yeah. She's doing a background singing for um, I think it's I'm not sure which band it is, but on Wednesday at City Winery out out there in Pond City Market. It's a pretty it's a, dope, a that's a pretty dope venue line. too. Yeah, so it's real. Uh, it's gonna be really cool. I'm gonna try to go check it out. That's uh, you should look out for that if you're in the Atlanta area. Definitely go check that on Wednesday. And then shout out to uh, Darth Guap, my man just released a new single. Darth Guap, Darth Guap, Darth Guap. <laughs> and he had his like first <laughs> performance like tonight out in Muscle Beach, uh, Alabama. So shout out to Darth Guap, and he gonna hold it down. Yeah, man. Shout out to Martavis as well. Dropped his new uh, yes. EP, Concrete Bloom. It's fire. So go check it yeah, out. That joint's nice. It's, that joint's it's fire. It's fire. I cook, I cook some dinner nice. to it. Like, like, you know some music is dope yeah. when you cook, cooking dinner and you you know, yeah, you get it too. You just cut it on the background, man. Enjoy a nice glass of wine, cook dinner with your lady. Yeah, real smooth, real thing, man. Enjoy snow, but um, but all right. So we did that. Uh, let's get into the fun stuff. So I think really we want to talk about today was uh, recording, right? Uh, not just recording, but like independent or sound a label, and just I think as fans we don't know much about it since we don't yeah. work within the industry. So we can't, we only have our vantage point. And so there's a lot of it that we don't understand. So you'll have a lot of people talking about it, you know, independent, you should be signed, but they don't really know the extension of what those, what those right. words actually mean. So we want to bring on Kevin who actually, you know, works in that space. And he's also had some experience doing it on to kind of help us facilitate this conversation a little bit and learn some things. Yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt. So um, before we even start, just go, go ahead and just go ahead and give us some background on, on you, Kev. Yeah, so uh, again, I'm Kevin Golden. I am a, I am an entertainment lawyer by trade. Um, so yeah, I'm I do music, I produce, I play, and all that. But um, you know, my day job, if you will, is entertainment lawyer. And so um, a lot of those things that you're talking about, dealing with contracts, um, negotiating deals, um, you know artists, songwriters, producers, publishers, that's kind of like my day-to-day space. Um, so I'm, um, whenever I get an opportunity to talk about that stuff, it's an honor and a privilege because I'm aware that most, you know, people, most artists are about the art, mm-hmm. right? They don't know, or, or a lot of people aren't kind of privy to the stuff that goes on behind it. Yeah, the business so side it, of it. it. Yeah, the business side of it, but if your business is not together, then the art's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 
Um, you know, I, I love to educate, you know, even on like my Instagram or even if you're not a client, like I, I love to kind of give, you know, drop nuggets and what I know, you know, so people can be more um, kind of cognizant of what's going on. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into it, man. It's a panoramic. We need our money. We need it now. I don't got that kind of time because it's a panoramic. me like a motorsport all this drip that i got on you think i came from noah's ark i hit the stage i got mine if someone try me someone dying blow you out your peace of mind we busting shells like easter time getting guap up off the road all that josh shit done got old then i went and caught the zip and made it flip now bread got mold i ran it up then had a bag i got the beamer did the dash made a video got a um, I guess first question I got from you is, uh, like, what's the true definition of like an independent artist and what's the difference between being an independent artist and, and being signed under a label? Yeah. So like indie kind of like technically you're indie artist if you're not signed to one of the major labels. Mm. And so that's kind of like historically, that's kind of like what an independent artist was. Right. Mm. But then you have, now you have like indie labels that are blowing up like E1 or some, you know, kind of taking over indie labels that have become darn near as big as kind of like the major labels, you know, like Sony, Warner, Universal, like the, the big boys. So being um, an independent artist isn't really solely you operating on your own self now. I, I guess I've always be. been under the impression that it, it, it was only you in operating under your own self, but you're telling me that like you can be an independent artist and work for a quote unquote independent label. Well, it, it's kind of like different. There's so many ways to kind of structure a deal now. Um, so that you can still, my personal definition is like you're an indie artist If you own your own content, okay. like, and now that's Kevin's definition. That's not like a textbook definition, okay. but because things have become so convoluted now because, you know, indie kind of labels kind of blown up and, and then you have distribution from major labels, whatever. I look at an indie artist as somebody who owns their content. If okay. you own your music, you know, if you own your masters, you know, in my opinion, you're kind of like an indie artist. So that's like the big thing now is like, owning your masters you see like Kanye like talking about you know owning his masters or whatever and giving his you know good music artists like what 50 percent of their masters so like what how do you go about owning your music like and, and why it, does it seem like it's so so like it's why wouldn't every artist try to go that route like what makes it so difficult to start off owning your music and like he said what does it actually like mean yeah like well if it, you you own your stuff in lesson until you give it away at the bottom line, so any artist that creates a song, a producer that creates a beat, a songwriter that writes a song, or artist that records a song, like it's yours unless you give it away. And so a lot of the what you see though is people who have label, you know, recording agreements or record deals, um, they don't pay to have their stuff recorded. And so they're giving the ownership mm. they're signing the ownership of their stuff away okay. in exchange for advances or actually the the money the studio time whatever to actually get the music out mm. and so 
that's how, you know, like, so if, if Darren, you at the crib and you record a song, like that's yours, you own it, you know, but if you come to me like, Hey, Kev, I know you got a label. I ain't got no money, but I'm a dope artist. I I need to get some music recorded. So me, the label going to be like, okay, I'm going to front you the money to do all this. I'm going to give you a little bit of money to put in your pocket while you're recording. So you can focus on recording. That's that advance. And, um, but in exchange, I'm going to own the masters. I'm going to own the product because I paid for it. Okay. Now I'm going to give you a royalty. I'm going to give you a share of all the money that your stuff makes, but it's my stuff because I paid for it. So I guess that kind of, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I guess that kind of leads to to my, my next question of like, since they're owning this music, quote unquote, or technically, does that kind of like hold them back on when they are able to drop music? Is that why we see artists like go like maybe years without dropping a a, a single or whatever? Like, is, is that why we hear that? Is that it can be yeah it can be any number of reasons so for one you have you know all the labels that you see they fall up under sony universal or warner like they all come up under there and so these are huge entities you're talking about and um so sometimes people don't put music out because curtis you might be uh you know you might be r d uh or yeah, you might you might kind of A and R, excuse me, R and D. You might be A and R the label for artists and repertoire, and you you may go sign Darren. You love him, you think he's hot, you put out his first record, but then Kurt, you go and start your own publishing label. You start your own label. But Darren is signed to the label you used to work at. Okay, so I can't Kurt, bring him you're with no me. Yeah. You can't bring him with you because mm-hmm. he's under contract to the to the label that you use used to work at but you were his champion there Mm. you were his advocate there you're no longer there and so everybody else at that label they're trying to make sure the people that they brought in are successful so it's not like they may not be hating on darren they just like they focus on other people and then so you may have that situation um you may have a situation where uh that first record didn't recoup and the label is just trying to like milk that album a little bit longer before they you know before they invest in you for a second album because if they do a second album with you they got to pay you another advance and Mm. so they like "Eh, i don't know if i want to drop you yet because i think you might be hot but i ain't ready to drop another advance on you because your last record didn't do what i needed it to do so we're just gonna sit you here keep touring keep doing your little thing until we get some more of this money back, then we'll invest in your next album. And so, yeah, so I, I mean, and then there could be any number of reasons in between. You know, a female artist, she may have had a baby, you know what I mean? Or interesting, it could be anything, you know what I mean? Do you, um, like when situations are, 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 like you mentioned, when you're holding on to music um, or when they feel like they're holding on to music. So for artists, like albums just is, is doing incredibly well. Um, like for example, like how Bruno Mars was touring off of like 24k uh, one album for like three. I think he's still touring off that joint. I don't even remember if he's made an album since. But so like, is that because that could be could that be a case? Like if the artist was unhappy, they want to release more music, but their label's like saying no, we're gonna continue to hold off. Or like what when the kind of determines like when they actually want to release it. Yeah, it, it could be, and and so that's another thing as it relates to your contract. So one thing. Um, that I like to put in contracts is kind of like a guaranteed release clause. 
Mm-hmm. And so basically that's saying like, um, y'all gotta release, y'all gotta release my stuff, um, you know, in certain amount of time period or whatever. Mm. And if not, then that's a breach of contract and and I'm out. And so it's just being kind of mindful. Is that with like albums and singles or is that just strictly with albums? Like if I record an album, y'all have to release my album within three it, months. It's based off what your, what your contract is, you know what I mean? Mm. What the requirement is. And so that's, you know, I kind of go back to like, what does the contract say a lot? But there is, they're kind of like baselines, but there's kind of like this, the the possibilities are endless in terms of kind of what you can negotiate. It's just kind of how forward thinking are you and, you know, shameless plug, but is your lawyer kind of looking out for the worst case scenarios as well as the best case scenarios? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I get that. So, I mean, so if I was yeah. a, if I was a young artist and I wanted to blow up, like I want to be like Travis Scott, you know what I'm saying? Like Travis Scott just got his own happy meal. Like I want to be that hot. Do I go like yeah. independent? Do I just own my own music or do or am I like, Hey, I, I probably need a team, you know, behind me. Well, regardless of, I mean, know, obviously you're going to need a team. Not, yeah. You're, you're going to need, need a team. team yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so kind of, back up a little bit and come out to come back in like one of the advantages that labels have is because they are so big because their networks are so big they have all these writers they have all these producers they have all these artists and they have connections at the radio stations or the you know the playlist curators whatever Mm -hmm. um they and they have like limitless pockets right yeah um or bottomless pockets so they can spend a crazy amount of money to kind of like promote you you see what i'm saying but then on the flip side you Mm. see some indie artists kind of blow up on a tiktok challenge and then it's just like yeah where'd they come from you know what i mean yeah like lil nas x yeah like lil nas x yeah, but eventually and, he and went and signed with a, with a label, though I believe. I think he went and eventually signed with RCA, I believe, or yeah, or you one know of those major labels. Yeah, so because like their 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 uh their connections are so huge, you know what I mean. So that if you just want to be a star, mm-hmm. you know there there is something that the label can offer you, but it's gonna come with a price, okay. you know. And then you have people on the flip side like. Ryan Leslie, um, you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So, so Ryan Leslie, he was a label artist at first. Then he went and did his indie thing. When he went independent, no one really heard from him anymore. Mm. But he said he made so much more money, you know, as an indie artist than he did than under he did the label. When he was on a label because I might go from you know five million listeners or five million albums sold to 200,000 albums sold, but every dollar of that 200,000 is pocket. going in my pocket. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas with that 5 million, I'm not seeing none of that money until the advance is recouped, mm. till the recording costs are recouped, mm. till the marketing costs are recouped. So I'm not seeing none of that money till the label makes all of the money back. That's what recoupment is. Like the label has to make back all of the money that they spent on an artist 
before that artist starts mm. getting those royalty checks. Mm. So like back, you know, earlier this year, you had Meg Thee Stallion and she was unhappy. You know what I mean? She was a star, yeah. right? But she was complaining. She, she she wasn't getting enough money from her stardom, right? And, you know, in her in her words, that was her complaint. Yeah. And 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 that's the kind of difference. So it's just like, do you want to be the the uh the famous push a T line? Like, do you want to be famous or are you trying to be rich? You know what I mean? He's like, I'm trying to be rich. These cats out here trying to be famous. You know what I mean? So uh, he's it, like, I'm trying to be rich. So I mean, from your from my vantage point, it seems like you're from like a, a management standpoint. You're saying, kind of do your own thing as 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 far as you can right and then I, in if, my opinion yeah and then if that opportunity presents itself then then kind of like go towards a label is that like uh, yeah, a fair I, assessment I, yeah you want if you sign with a label you want to you want to be popping already so that, mm. that you have a little bit of bargain bargaining power okay you see what i'm saying yeah. so your conversation with the label is different when you got five different labels knocking on your door trying to sign you mm than it is if you're sending your demo to everybody, you see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You and folks gotcha. DMs like, yo, I'm an artist, I'm dope, check me out. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So so it's, it's trying to find that sweet spot between having enough, you know, negotiating power based off of your, like, what you already bring in, but also trying to figure out how to get to that point, period. Like, that seems like to be like the, the difficult part of it. Trying yeah. to like start from scratch and get to the point where you have negotiating power versus leveraging the label's money and, and, and reach to get you to where you want to be. So I guess it's, exactly, you know what I mean? And, and that's why there's no uniform answer. You got folks like Chance the Rapper, like I ain't signing no label. Yeah. Right. Like he has, he has distribution, you know, which is kind of, uh, that's, that's what we had with Jeffrey. Okay. So we're indie, we own the record. I know we're going to talk about the, the, you know, the record a little bit more in a minute, but you know, that's kind of like a happy medium. So it's just like, I got, I produced the own content, mm -hmm. but we have the, 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 the big machine of the label okay. is help push Pushing the music out. out. Okay. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, but we still own it. Now they're getting a percentage as opposed to them owning it. And I'm gotcha. getting a percentage. Mm -hmm. gotcha. okay. yeah. so, so tell us a little bit more about, okay. about, about that. Um, I know we wanted to, you know, I think it's a good time to like start talking about more yeah. like the album as well, but also want to kind of, get your spam your sta your standpoint your viewpoint from the management side and how like you guys decided to structure your deals how you structured it and like what you what can what like what gave you the, the you know the initiative to do that yeah so this is jeffrey jeffrey golden my brother um he's a gospel artist mm -hmm. recording artist um he won a show on bet called sunday best so it's like the gospel american idol <laughs> voice or whatever and so he won that, uh, I forget what year it was, maybe 14, I'm not sure, 14, somewhere in there. Anyway, um, but he won that show. But as a condition to even being a contestant on the show, before one episode airs, every contestant signs a recording agreement. Mm -hmm. Now, only the winner, they're going to toss out everybody else's except the right. winner. But... Before you even get on there, you sign that agreement. So, because what happens is you're on the show, then people start to know your name. They don't want it to be like, oh, I'm popping now. I've been on the show. Yeah, I can I, just I, jump I, off. I don't want to yeah. sign with you no more. Yeah. Right. So, um, 
he he had a record deal. He was signed to Foyo Soul RCA Records, which is Kirk Franklin's label, um, which is a, a joint venture under Sony. It's under the Sony arm. And um, so Jeffrey was on Kirk Franklin's label. He released a project in 2015. It was phenomenal. Um, but we didn't really have much to do with that. Jeffrey wrote two songs on it. I didn't play. I didn't produce. I didn't do anything. You mm. know what I mean? So how, Reggie, our how, brother Reggie. How is that? Like, I, I know you guys, like, I know you guys as a family, yeah. like, you guys are a very music family. Like, even from, like, I'm sure your mom, you like, your, your grandparents and stuff like that. Like, how is that kind of, you know, trying to take a step having, back having to watch on the side yeah, had to watch on the sidelines basically yeah. like, it, it, like it, go ahead Sorry. Yeah. it was tough then you know even more so for me i think than reggie um because i'm kind of more of the we all produce our stuff together um if there's a lead producer that would be me you mm -hmm. know like i do more of the the technical stuff the engineering kind of like bringing everything together um, and I'm also a musician and music director. So like being in those rehearsals and the record turned out great, but yeah, it was amazing. It was like, amazing. Man, that's my well. song wrong. Or, <laughs> the song, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, I should be there. You know? And so, you know, it, it, it was tough, man. But after that week of recording, like we learned so much from all these Grammy winning, you know, singers and writers and producers and musicians so it's just like yo i learned a lot that we can take with us mm -hmm. um and so that that went there and and the label was not very big you know you had like four people there one of the people who was kind of one of the the drivers kind of keeping up with all the artists and everything she left and took a, a, a higher job at another label okay and so you know, how we decided to kind of go our own way. The second, for the second album, his album had been out two years. Um, and we were like, okay, it's it's about time for us to record again. But we're just kind of looking at the roster, the label roster, and looking like where we were, where we were in line. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, wait, her album came out before ours and she doesn't have a second album yet. Man. Their album came out before ours. They don't the, have a second. The album way you yet. describe the way you describe like the music rosters or whatever, it sounds like a, a basketball roster and people just trying to vibe for like minutes, right? <laughs> you try, you try to get your spot in the rotation. Yeah, like, exactly. like, like, coach, I look at me, He's dog. I've right been now. making all the threes <laughs> in practice. Remember me last year? I won MVP. Remember me, dude. It's time. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a perfect example because it, it's like. The label isn't, but so big. The basketball, you can only have five guys on the floor, and NBA, you only got 48 minutes. So you, you got a limited number of minutes. Yeah. That's less than 250 minutes to go around. You know, and so how you divide that up? So we're looking at, like, this artist, this artist, this artist record did better than ours. This artist did about the same as ours, but both of their records came out before ours. Mm. And they don't have a, a, a sophomore album yet. So I was just like, dang, we ready to put some more music out now. And I know it's going to be a minute. And one of the one of the people at the label left to take a job at another <laughs> label. So I'm like, they got less people to get it done. I'm like, nah, man, it ain't going to work. So a lot of people ask, like, oh, was there some, like, issues or bad blood, like, between Jeff or our camp and, and Kurt Franklin's label and that? absolutely not like they were amazing yeah mentors and everything to us but we're just looking at it it's just like 
it's just no way we're going to be able to keep moving because it's too many it's too many other people ahead of us in line. So, so, so how was that process? Did y'all just, y'all just waited it out to your contract? Like how long was your contract with, with for your soul records? Like, so it was an album. Then they had like an option for another one. Okay. And so, um, so you can't just really like, like wait it out. You got because... a player option, team option. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like a yeah, team I... option. It's like a team option. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a team option where the player has no say. Okay, right. And so, so we we're kind of sitting there, like, okay, we want to get another record out. Like, was good, and we knew it wasn't going. It, it was going to be a while, mind you. Also, in that time, around the same time as Jeffrey's album, me and Reggie produced another full live album for Howard Gospel Choir, mm-hmm. which did really well. Yeah. And that was completely independent, no distribution, no nothing. Um, and that did really well. And so... So, that was, so, th- so you're able to do that because that was just you. So, because you weren't tied to labels. So that's why you were yeah, able to... Yeah, we, got you. You weren't tied, you know... But, and, Je- and but, Jeffrey, side, but Jeffrey was on that album too, wasn't he? Or did he have... Did you yeah, have to get permission yeah. from the label we to get permission. Jeffrey? Okay. Get, got it. Yep. We got had it. to get permission from the label for the song, for Jeffrey to be featured on the song that he was on. And he was a co-writer on that song too, mm. but he still, we still had to get the label's permission mm. for him to be featured on it. Um, and so we had that experience of producing our own stuff. So we knew we could. Yeah. And so the conver- it really just like Jeffrey gave a, a phone call to the label president. And it was just like, you know, it's been a couple of years you know, we ready to record again. You know, I, I know we got these other people in line kind of, you know, how are you feeling? Um, and they're just like, yeah, basically it's going to be a minute. So uh-huh. Jeff was just like, you know, can we, can you let us out? Just kind of straight up. And they were like, sure. Interesting. He was like, thanks. And I, but that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you guys were like blessed in that situation. I'm sure a lot of yeah. artists aren't though, yeah. right? Like that doesn't happen everywhere. Like I'm sure a lot of artists it are just sitting on, on music rosters and they're like, please just let me out so I can go drop some music let and do what I love. So I can do and they're like, if no. Go, if, you, if you can go back in time, would you, um, like, do you guys regret go off, like starting off through the label experience or do you appreciate that experience because it kind of absolutely not yeah no yeah definitely don't regret it one bit um i mean because it was a great experience for for all of us jeffrey being kind of in the label machine so us because we're not just producing stuff like we we started an indie label ourselves Mm. and so we wanted to be able to see how things were ran what we want to keep what we want to change um and then just kind of seeing how you got the label then you got the label above them and then you got sony which is kind of like the overarching over yeah. everything everybody getting paid um, except for you sounds like like everybody's getting paid off of you like right yeah it just keeps come all oh, just keeps like trickling down a million subsidiaries. So, yeah. what, what's um when you mentioned like you guys have your own independent label? So, what's the difference between um like being an independent artist and then being an independent label and then like major label? And yeah, like, so, this experience from your from your level. Yeah. So, like I would say, just being the the indie artist can be on the label. So the label kind of functions like an indie label kind of functions is kind of the pseudo label and and there is no standard. Let me first say that. So 
Hmm. It may look different from the Golden Brothers. It may look different, you know, somebody for somebody else's. Um, but I would say the the role of indie label is you support the artist, you know, how a label will support an artist. And then you can also have multiple artists on your roster. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes they're not labels. Sometimes people just call them kind of like production companies, whatever you want to call it. However you structure it, you know, it, it's just that Jeffrey is the first artist with the LP, with the full album. He's not the first artist that we put something out for. Um, it's another young lady. She had, We put out a single for her called Bullet Train. Her name is Rolanda Carter. And so we, we've done stuff for other artists that we've put out, but this is the first kind of feature uh, full album. And we have a distribution for this one. Mm-hmm. So, so well, I mean, like I said, we so let's yeah. let's talk about the Golden Brothers. The Golden Brothers Music Group is the name of the, yeah. the label, right? Um, yeah. So obviously, we've been talking about Jeffrey Golden. That's your kind of your main artist. Are you like you have any other artists in the world? I know your brother Reggie sings. Um, yeah. But like, are you and are do you have any other artists in the works trying to get in on the on the label? And are you strictly a gospel label? Um. So yes to the first question, no to the second. So it's as far as other artists, like I said, we put out some music for Rolanda Carter already. Mm. She's working on some other stuff with some other people, um, but that's EP. And then, you know, hopefully for her full album, we'll bring her back on because she's dope and we love her. And she she's the homie as well. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who, you know, who, um, who are kind of in conversation, who are in talks with right now. Um, you know, to, to get their stuff out. But it's when you're kind of working a real small kind of machine, how we are, mm-hmm. like we got to be really, really strategic about who you bring on. Yeah. About who we bring on um, because we want to be sustainable. Okay. Meaning like we, we have to at least be not losing money, yeah. you know, even if we're not making money. Um, so we got to be sustainable, but we want to be, fair and we want to be good to the artists mm-hmm. because we understand like the big label in my opinion you know you should avoid that unless they're going to be giving you such a huge advance that you don't care if you don't own your stuff yeah <laughs> you see what i'm saying <laughs> um so you know so it, it's kind of like that balancing that like uh we got to be good to them but we got to be good to us and so we're just kind of like working you know kind of working those details out um Obviously, Jeffrey's a gospel artist, mm-hmm. um, but we're not necessarily exclusively a gospel label. Okay. Um, now we're not going to have uh, we're not going to have anything that any artist, in our opinion, that kind of contradicts or or goes against um, the gospel message, in our opinion. Okay. But there's a yeah. ton. Yeah, there are a ton of dope artists out there who are who are, you know, doing love music or who are just kind of like, you know, vibing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their their stuff isn't bad. Their stuff isn't um contradictory to the gospel message, but they're not gospel artists. Either. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we're definitely open to that. Do you um if you were like when you have artists across different labels, does that affect how you structure their deals based on like who's consuming their content? Or is there a pretty, I know you said there's no standard earlier, but is there like a baseline of how you're setting up these, these deals and, and how an artist interacts with the independent label, regardless of their genre? 
Yeah, so there are a couple, you kind of like with me, with my lawyer hat on now, or are you talking about as the label kind of? I think both. I think it's, exactly. it's, 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 it's both, uh, not just how the contract is laid out, but also how the label supports that artist. Oh, got you. Yeah, so there are, yeah, that's that's a good question. And, and, and yes, there are going to be differences because, um, for example, just the number, sheer number of consumers of gospel, of a gospel record is so low in comparison to the number of consumers of like a pop record mm. or a rap or a rap album. You see what I'm saying? And so um, you may see rap albums where folks are getting like million dollar advances and, um, you know, recording budgets of a million. You see what I'm saying? Like real, real big money being spent on some of these artists because the market can kind of support that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But as, um, you know, like the gospel artists, you know, yeah. I mean, you're doing really well if like your recording budget is like a hundred, 150 K. <laughs> and so, gotcha. I, I mean, and that's, that's a lot of bread, you know, but on a Timbaland might charge, or Pharrell might charge that for one track. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, when, you know, just when you look at that enough with the dollars, like, yeah, you you gotta know you gotta know the marketplace. You know what I mean? This is really putting it in perspective when when cats be like a hundred thousand dollars a verse. That's really putting that. In perspective. <laughs> that's like, really yeah, putting that. In my verse, my verse right budget is like more than your entire like album budget. This is just telling me how expensive supporting a rap artist is. <laughs> Yeah. But on the flip side, that also goes to, you know, that also gives perspective as to the type of hole that they're in if they don't own their stuff. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And and, and you also got to keep in mind, like, it's big money being spent, but the lifestyle is big money too. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so you're, and so, you're like losing on both, not losing money on both ends or spending money on both ends. Like you really can be in a, a hole. Deep yeah. Hole. You can yeah. be in a deep hole. And that's why like, you're so desperate to, for your label to kind of pick you up for the second album. And then if your perspective is, if you're, you're a rapper and you signed to a big label, they gave you a million dollars for your first album to record your first album. And then you like, dang, I'm broke. I ain't got no money. Like I spent it all. Ain't nobody tell me about Uncle Sam mm. and taxes took all my mm. money. You hear all set talking about that all the time. Like, don't nobody tell you about that. So it's just like, dang, I need another advance. I need to put some old stuff out. But it's just like, I their mindset. I can't necessarily do it as independent because it's gonna cost me a million dollars cash to make this record. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> us, I'm like, shoot, two chains had that. I know we. I know we can get this record done for 40k yeah. if I'm doing the work. You uh-huh. see what I'm saying? And that's where you that's where you talk about like being that much more like profitable for doing like exactly. what you guys are doing. Because the bar is so low to recoup. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I guess you know, so let's talk about um C Revival Jeff's album and how this came together. And like you said, I yeah. know this has been like a long time coming. Um so let's get into the album. How, yeah, did, so... how did all this come together? How did, you know, breaking away from, from, from that, uh, from the label and then, you know, creating this, uh, independent label 
and then putting the first album out. So let's talk about that. And then, like and and like the inspiration for like the content and and the structure of it. Yeah. So Jeff, like it was fall of sixteen. Like I said, we knew we were kind of getting antsy. We wanted to put out some new con, some new music between fifteen spring of fifteen when Jeff's album came out and fall of sixteen. Jeff was super busy, mm. super busy out every weekend. Um, man, so you if you got ten songs and you trying and you recycling ten songs, yeah, it know, gets tired. It gets tired every weekend. Yeah, it gets yeah. tired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, it gets tiring. And unless it's a situation where, and then you also got to keep in mind, um, Live Nation isn't bringing Jeffrey to Atlanta. Such and such a church is bringing Jeffrey to Atlanta, oh. and so so the 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 amount of dollars, the budget, you know, for the trip, you can't mm. necessarily bring your whole band, your whole team to every mm. trip because that church can't support it. And yeah. so a lot of times it's Jeffrey and the music director, which is like generally me. And so we can't remix and rearrange all the music too often because it's some local church band dudes in Little yeah. Rock, Arkansas <laughs> got to play the record with us. And Guys. so we can't, you know, we can't throw them too many curveballs. So that just goes to, you know, show like how how boring it can get, you know, yeah. to be doing 10 songs for two years yeah. every weekend. Over over um, so we were kind of antsy to get some more music out. Jeff had been writing a lot. Um and and you know we we're kind of just ready to take that step. We have some records that we produced under our belt. Like we were ready to go. Um, and so, you know, we we like I said, we broke away from the label. You know, parted ways on very good terms. Um, and then we just like okay. And I think it was like my idea. It's just like yo, we don't need nobody else. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Let's let's start it ourselves. We we planned out the budget. You know, then once we got into it, we was like, dang, man, this is a lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we kind of just had the idea, like, yo, why not us, man? All these people are putting out stuff. We got the experience. We got the skill set. We got the knowledge. We got the content. We got the music. Let's do it. Um, and so so we started making plans to do a live record. Um, and, and Jeff, you know, so we recorded live in the summer of 2017. We picked a lot of the songs um, Jeffrey wrote a lot and we didn't have like an open submissions kind of thing that a lot of that some artists do where they just kind of say, hey, you know, send me what you got. But there are certain people, certain songwriters that we reached out to specifically okay. and intentionally because um, we like their stuff. And so we reached out to some of them and asked them to submit songs and we chose some of them. So Jeff wrote like half the album. Um it's a very good or at album. least wrote on. Yeah. I listened thank, to it this morning. Wrote, it's it's least... a very good, very good, good album. Like his his first album was amazing. And this is a, a dope follow-up. But yeah. yeah go ahead. And it's completely different from the first <clears throat> Yeah, one. it is. It is. Yeah. And it sounds it sounds different. Um Yeah. I think from this, a fan... that's our sound. Yeah, I think from right. like just the a just a was just a basic that crew sound. Yeah, just a basic like fan perspective. You can you can see like yeah, you can see the the, the you're allowed the, to put more yourself into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. yeah, so, 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 yeah. Like I said, we recorded it. We picked the songs, and we actually recorded like 14 songs. So we didn't put them all on there. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to do a follow-up, kind of like a deluxe version when mm-hmm. all the churches and everything open back up so they can still have something fresh mm-hmm. when he started kind of getting back on the road again. I was about um, to say, it wasn't, wasn't a lot of like church, churchy, like choir yeah. music on the album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we, we got a couple, okay. you know, we got a couple in the pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? But He's like, sleep, yeah, we got a couple in the yeah, pocket. We're going to get it started. Now. Yeah, so like first quarter next year, we're going to do like a deluxe version. So not like a whole new album, mm-hmm. but kind of like a bonus, you know, some bonus cuts for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we recorded it and then you know, then the long process of, you know, kind of post-production and, and, and mixing and getting other musicians and other kind of, you know, people to kind of contribute different kind of elements to bring it, not just kind of like the five piece church band, Mm -hmm. but like the record, like the full album that you hear with all those other little elements in Mm -hmm. there. So hold Um, on, time out, I must've missed this. So you've been working on this since 2017. That's what I was going to ask. Like, how long is the process? Yeah. So you yeah. Oh, so this like has been the, a three-year process. The second portion of it. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like a three-year process. Part of it was, um, part of it was kind of getting the stuff done. Mm-hmm. Part of it was, you know, tr- pausing because we ran out of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And trying to trying to stack that capital back up. Um, so we can do it the right way. Okay. Uh, I mean, because we could have done it. I could have mixed it at the house and I, we could have got a dope graphic designer and it would have been a decent record. Yeah. But you want it to sound like, like nah. a real studio, like album, not something I made in my base, put together in my basement. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so we were just like, no, nah, we gonna, we gonna save the money and do it the right way. Um, because Jeffrey had, had his first album was on this standard. And mm-hmm. then the Howard record that we produced was on this standard. So it was like, man, yeah. we can't go down. Yeah. You got a guy. I mean, so we're going to wait until until we can do it the right way. So part of it was money. Part of it was just kind of like human resources, like different people we were using, had different stuff going on. And then part of it was just like, all right, I'm I'm just going to take a break from this, like for like six, nine months. Like I just didn't even look at it. You know what I mean? Um, and then kind of pick it back up. And um, so we actually finished the album it's been done for for months. Mm. It's been done for months. So we didn't like just finish it last week. Yeah. But I think we probably finished the record in like the spring, maybe hmm. March. Did, did you April, like decide May? like did like the the pandemic kind of help you kind of influence how you decided when to release it, or or has it influenced what you guys are doing at all? Yeah. No. Absolutely. So we got a dis- we got a distribution label. So remember, I said it all comes up under Sony. And so this distribution um, is called Red Alliance Media, which they're part of Fair Trade, which is they would do a lot of like the contemporary Christian music. So like the white artists. So, um, um, so, so some of those kind of big kind of white Christian artists. Mm-hmm. So and they're up under Sony. So what the distribution does, they kind of get the promotion, they get the marketing, the radio, um, they kind of handle all that. And they also kind of advise and counsel as to kind of when should we release uh, um, maybe different promotions you want to do. And they also know like everybody else who has any album or any single or anything mm. coming out at any point. So they're like this, so this time like, period, you'll probably get the most bang for your buck right here on this right. weekend. 
Okay. So it's just like, well, Tasha Cobb's got an album coming out this week. Yeah, Marvin Sapp um, dropped his two weeks ago. Marvin, yeah. Marvin okay. Sapp dropped last yeah, week. Yeah, you don't want to go against the heavyweights. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 right, exactly. I, I, and so it's just like, yeah. You ain't got to be number one, but you want to be, you know, top 10 for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, you got the timing and then you got the lead up, the promotion. They have, you know, they knew, okay, we want to promote this things. We want to release two songs for the pre-order and we want to wait two weeks and then release a third song for the pre-orders and then wait another two weeks for the whole album to drop. So that's all their department. Okay. Um, But being in on that working directly with the dis- with the distribution label on this process mm-hmm. it gave us more experience and insight than we had on when he was on Kirk's label so now for the next artist we you know we work with we are that much more knowledgeable you see what i'm saying as to as, as to how that process should go interesting this has been informal for me i i didn't know this it went like all this went to it. I know it was a complicated business, but I didn't know like all yeah. this. Because you know. like how how could you like how could we know like so it's yeah. it's I'm glad that you were able to. And I can see why people were getting burnt out on you know the music labels and everything. I yeah. thought uh, and let me go ahead or or I'm gonna say and let me kind of say, comparatively speaking, this was a simple, you know. You have three producers on the whole album. That's it. Mm. You have three executive producers. That's it. You may have Jeffrey. Then you may have had like six other writers on the album. That's it. Put my lawyer hat on for a minute. I have clients who's like one of 12 writers on a single song. Interesting. I see. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So (laughs) it may be like four or five producers on a song. 12 writers on a song. And so... Um, any big kind of hits you see, yeah, it's going to be a ton of people involved. And so you got all these lawyers, you have all these different publishing labels, you have all these different entities just to get a single song out. So let alone album, a full body of work. That's what what the cre- credits so, be like a paragraph per <laughs> song. <laughs> oh, page per song, yeah. <laughs> Hey, what? Because it's so is... many people. Yeah, I'm like, so many people. With three minutes and fifty seconds. Like, how did all you contribute? How you got fifteen verses? How is it possible? There's three, three lines, three verses. This person got two percent. This person got four percent of the song. You know what I mean? The main artist may have like twenty five, thirty five percent of the song. So, yeah. you know that process can definitely get you know cumbersome to say the least. I thought that was interesting that you said you guys like took your time on the album and like sat on it. Even when you said like you you put it to the side for like half a year almost. Like I think a lot of times like artists is it so a lot of times when artists put out bad albums or they they come out and they 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 say like oh I I didn't like that album that I put out. Is it because like the labels pushing them to 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 put this album out by a specific date by this target date? Is that why artists drop albums that they don't like? It could be, or some artists, you know, want to strictly stick to kind of like that two year, that every other Mm, year time to keep relevant, to keep relevant. Okay. Yeah. To kind of stay relevant. And I get it, you know, I get it. But I think when it came, once we had it for maybe like a year and a half, 
I was just like, well, yeah. it's already we already lost the momentum. So yeah, why? Momentum, yeah. What's the yeah, point? We just gonna like do it the right way. Take our time with it and make sure that when we do put it out, it's everything we want it to be, and it is. Yeah. Why do you why do you think that labels are resistant to um to do that? Which is give like I know they have like you know specific, specific amount of budgets for songs and and, and artists, but if you want to recoup your money, why wouldn't it be advantageous to them to give you everything you need, right down to the producers you want? Um, if you if you want to bring in more people to work on this specific sound and then do that, but just making you feel as, more, as comfortable as possible versus giving you all of these restrictions and barriers. No, a lot of times they do, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why they be so deep of a hole. Got you. Like, man, I want Timbaland on the track. I, I want <laughs> Real on the track. They're like, you sure? I want, <laughs> I want Metro on the track. <laughs> I mean, I want Swiss on the track. It's like, all right. Are, are you sure now? Yeah, I want and the album be boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, then, but then, this is one thing you mentioned to, uh, I think, Darren, you asked, you know, just kind of like, or one of y'all is talking about like kind of how the whole album come together. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a certain continuity when you have a, a, a album producer. So I know mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, he, there are clips of him on Instagram talking about these cats ain't beat, ain't producers, they beat makers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I respect the beat maker as a producer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Personally, I wouldn't say, oh, you're not a producer, you're a beat maker. But what he was saying was that making a beat for a song is nothing like producing a body of work. Mm, And even Beyonce always talks about like artists ain't putting together bodies of work anymore, like mm. albums that are this album is one thing. It has 10 segments, 10 parts, Mm. but it's one body of work. Um, and so when you have a producer for the album and not just executive producer who spend the money, but no, mm-hmm. like someone who is creatively responsible, you see what I'm saying? For making mm-hmm. sure this thing flows nicely. So mm-hmm. track order, mm-hmm. um, like okay. the track order isn't necessarily the same order we did at the concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the last song on the album was the second song at the concert, but how it came together, how it fit with the songs that we left off. Mm. Like it just, we want to make sure that it flows and it kind of takes you on this journey. You see what I'm saying? With this big kind of celebratory climax at the end. Um, And so that's kind of how it came about. And it was three of us. So we still got synergy, but we also got continuity. Mm. We don't have like 10 different, you know, 10 songs with five producers each and Everybody was doing it at their crib and somebody just kind of take all the beats and kind of put it together and try to make it fit. Like, you know, sometimes it works, but sometimes, oh, yeah, that track five. How how often do in the group? People like, man, this track five. But this yeah. album is the album. A lot how like a lot of albums we'll hear it's like it's yeah, you're just you're hearing 18 different songs, but you're not hearing yeah. an album. Versus some of the album projects, like yo, I'm hearing like this is like a, I'm, I'm a story. It's a journey. Like I'm, I'm let that joint play. Exactly. Like Martavius EP. Like yeah. my commute is 25 minutes. His EP perfect. is 24 minutes. It's perfect. Yep. I don't gotta skip nothing. I'm just let that joint <laughs> ride. Yep. You know what I mean? 
And so that that's when you kind of like when one song flow to the next and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it and it feels like it's supposed to go together. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of how that came about. What's up, man? Before we get out of here, uh, any music that we should be checking out on your end from uh, Golden Brothers Music Group, or just any mu- new music you've been checking out in general? Yeah. Um. So obviously, Jeffrey's record. Um. Obviously, the music support group folks, Martavius EP. Um. I wasn't familiar with the other one, but definitely want to check that out. Um. And and just kind of, oh. Duran Bernard, um, he is an artist. Okay. And so I played for him once. Like he's from Cleveland. His mom was Reggie and Jeffrey's piano teacher. Okay. Yeah. Family connection. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love his artistry. This album, I like it. I can't say I love it if I'm being totally honest, but like I love do artistry. And and how free he is on them tracks, um, so I like that. Um, and so yeah, I, my homegirl who sang on Jeff's record, Gwen Henderson, she had a she dropped a single a couple weeks ago called Overcomer. Doobie Powell produced that, so it got that real New York feel. Um, Red Hands, Red. Hands. I saw you drop that I'm in the group the other day. The- yeah, you, I saw you drop that in the group. Though. I've been meaning to run that. I saw you drop that in the group. Dude, run that. It's okay. like it, it, it's gospel, but it feel like a D'Angelo record. Oh, okay. Literally, <laughs> like it feel like the first track feel like a D'Angelo record. Then the next track feel like a, a, a Thundercat record, and then PJ Morton on the next okay. joint. All right, I'm gonna check it so, out. I'm gonna check it out. That's sweet, man. That right. joint's sweet. And um, so like the dude dude who started Red Hands, like he's he's the MD for Khalid. Like he tours with Khalid and he writes on a lot of the, so you get a lot of that pop feel. Okay. You know what I mean? It's interesting but how it's, everybody's like connected in this, like, oh, I wrote for him. I sang background yeah. for him. I, I, you know, like. It's like, everyone's like a, a couple degrees away from each other. Yeah. It just kind of builds on top of that. Yeah. yeah, man. So it's just like when you get in it, you'll just know, you start noticing connections, man. And then God just has a way of kind of putting folks in your life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that are supposed to be there. Yeah. So, That's what's yeah. Up, we appreciate you coming on. Check out on, Red man. Hands, man. We appreciate you coming on, brother. No doubt, man. This Thank is... you guys for having me. No problem, man. Anything you got, you got there before we get out of here, bro? Nah, man. This is it's my favorite episode yet. This is dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is informative. <laughs> it's fun. I learned a lot. Plus, the music. Yeah, this was this was great. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was fun. Um, now I don't got nothing else, man. Um, I've been I've been you know checking out that Bang a Butcher uh, Omar Paul album. That. I need to run that. I knew Benny. I need to run but that. But nah, yeah, and then uh, I don't have anything else to add, man. Y'all stay safe. Um, don't be like Atlanta. Stay inside. <laughs> Atlanta Waddle (laughs) alright y'all thank y'all for listening again oh be sure to follow us on uh, on Instagram rapnerds underscore msg that's rapnerds underscore msg on Instagram Um, go ahead and shout yourself out your your Instagram Twitter whatever you got Kev oh KG the lawyer everywhere Instagram Twitter at KG the lawyer appreciate you man appreciate you popping on again uh, obviously revivals on Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere you can get music. Check it out.
Check us out on YouTube. Check out, check us out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, comment. I, I'm gonna take a line from Bomani Jones. If you if you dislike us, like I'm inclined to think you're a hater. Yeah, you're a hater. Five stars. <laughs> I want, I want, I'm gonna find that dude to give us four stars. Hater, right. hater. Hey, anyway, uh, we gotta get out of here. This is Kurt, aka Leroy Green the Third. Um, for the screw. Oh man, one more thing. Uh, I don't got the. Damn, I was gonna try the stickers, man. Yo, whoever leaves a comment, um, if you like, like, like a post and um, leave a comment on on Apple Music or Spotify and rate us, send you a free sticker. Yep. Appreciate y'all. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Peace. Y'all have a good weekend. Peace.